The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the twelve, A disciple is not above the teacher nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebul, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs on your head are counted, so do not be afraid. You are more value, of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And one's foes will be members of one's household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Would you pray with me, please? Be with us now, O Lord. Inspire us with your power and your presence. Give us courage to be faith-filled disciples. Free us from our fear that appears as indifference, ignorance, unkindness, or denial. Strengthen us so that our attitudes and actions bring compassion and hope and love to all people. This is our prayer offered in the name of Jesus. Amen. I confess to you that this past week was not the first time that I have wrestled 
with this text that I just read. The Bible is filled with challenging stories. They begin in Genesis and continue throughout the Bible. But here's the rub. They must not be avoided. We must hear them proclaimed in sermons. We must study them in our devotions. We must talk about them among our friends. For if we want to grow in our faith, one way to do this is to wrestle with God's word, no matter how challenging or uncomfortable it is. Not being timid or even afraid to wrestle with scripture we do not understand is one of the things that I love about being a Lutheran. It is possible you may leave today with more questions than answers, and that's okay. There is not sufficient time for us to wrestle with each verse in this text to find satisfactory answers. So I encourage you to find ways and times to wrestle with them on your own. A good wrestle with the word of God can make you stronger in your faith if you are willing to do the work. Chapter 10 of Matthew's gospel is the story of Jesus preparing the disciples to go out to do the work that he has called them to do. In the early verses of that chapter, we would read that Jesus gave them power to perform miracles and a wonderful message of hope for them to share. But that's not all. What began with gentle instructions for the disciples to be a mirror of God's love to others suddenly took a sharp turn. And this is where our reading began. Jesus told them that following him would have its challenges. They would be treated no better than he was treated. He told them that they would encounter resistance to the message they proclaimed. They would be hated for challenging the status quo. And they would experience persecution. Death would be a possibility. Now, the disciples had already witnessed firsthand how Jesus had turned the world upside down with his teaching and healing and proclaiming that the kingdom of God was near. They saw the hostility and rejection he experienced from religious leaders and political officials. But I wonder... I wonder if they had considered that they would be proclaiming the same message that Jesus spoke and that they, like Jesus, would meet resistance, opposition, division, contempt, death. 
Jesus warned the disciples of the impending danger they would experience and the choices they would have to make. Choosing the kingdom of God over their families, even their own lives, was what Jesus told them. Making those stories, making those choices were comparable to death. Yet, three times, while delivering those sobering instructions, Jesus told them to have no fear, to not be afraid. In the midst of those hard-to-swallow words about the life of discipleship, Jesus offered the disciples words of assurance using a tiny, nondescript, dull-colored, and extremely common sparrow. Sparrows were almost worthless at that time. Two could be sold for one penny. And yet, God cares immensely for each one. So the disciples left to live out their life of faith among the world. And as they went, they were reminded, do not be afraid. The truth will prevail. Do not be afraid. God is greater than anything that can be done to you. Do not be afraid. You are more valuable than many sparrows. I will care for you. It gets sticky now. The instructions Jesus gave were not only intended for those disciples, but Jesus' instructions or for all of us who claim to be followers of Christ. There is no middle ground. Jesus claims priority over the most important person, and I would add the most important thing in our lives. Love me, Jesus says, more than your father and mother, more than your daughter or son. And I would add, love Jesus more than your spouse or your electronics or your fancy car or your boat or your pedigreed pet. Think back with me to the first and second commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Who does Jesus call us to love? We are called to love all people despite our differences of color, despite our differences of opinion, 
or the choices that people make in life, how they identify, whether they're tall or short, whether they're Lutheran or Catholic or Baptist or disciples of Christ, we are called to love all people, even when we don't understand them or even when we don't want to understand them. There are no free passes. But it's more than that. We may find ourselves in circumstances where it is imperative that we speak up and act when we see injustices being committed. We must not grow weary from doing the work needed to create lasting change in the world and being part of bringing about the kingdom of God in our current reality. Following Christ in this way, looking inside of ourselves for those instances where we have been and where we are complicit, standing up for what is right will mean that there will be tension in our relationships. And we shouldn't be surprised. Jesus did not mince words about what the life of discipleship would be like. He told his disciples and he tells us that following him will affect every area of our lives, including our relationships, and that speaking God's truth will not always be received graciously. Jesus didn't promise the disciples an easy life if they followed him, and we do not have that promise either. Jesus never said that following him would align with the world's definition of success or that following him would be convenient or comfortable. In fact, Jesus says for us to take up our cross and follow him, in the words of John Wesley, it is a matter of heart and life. Jesus does not expect his disciples to become virtuoso Christians, but he does expect our loyalty. He expects us to do the best we can to love God and to love our neighbors and to strive for God's justice everywhere and for everyone. The life of discipleship is not easy. We are human. And I would submit to you that all of us wrestle with what Jesus calls us to do we don't always succeed in making Jesus our number one priority. We live in a world that is filled with brokenness, sin, and forces that seek to defy God. 
Many of the words we have heard today do not provide us with comfort or consolation. When Jesus called the disciples and calls us to take up our cross and follow him, it is not a partial call. We don't just follow Jesus when we want to or when it makes sense or when it is easy or convenient. We are called to follow him completely, body, mind, and soul. For when we do, our values, our priorities, our goals, and our behaviors change as God transforms us more and more into the likeness of Jesus. In many ways, Jesus did come to bring division because he has and he is turning the world upside down. Sometimes the world seems beyond hope, but there is also good in our midst. And let us open our hearts and our minds and our hands and be part of honoring and respecting and coming to know that which is good. And when we find ourselves stretched beyond our physical, our mental, or spiritual capacity, when we are challenged or met with opposition by those we know and love, remember the one who calls us to take up our cross has already taken up his. Do not be afraid, Jesus says over and over again. Through my life, death, and resurrection, sin, death, and the devil has been defeated, to quote the small catechism. Do not be afraid. If you give up your life for me, I promise you will find life. Do not be afraid. For I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Thanks be to God.